Welcome. It is the Ski Bum Podcast, episode number 329. We are back, and it is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? I feel like I've been in a, I don't know, a fairy tale or just a fairy tale of hell. Oh. It was all a dream. I got to come back to the podcast magazine. and get back to normalcy. Yeah, people are th- expecting to see Tim here, but no. Tim, so it, Tim you know, it's been good. Media. It's been bad. It's kind of, yeah. It's been good. It's been bad. It's been it was a nice ugly. filling. That was good. Yeah, Tim did an awesome job. So thanks again to Tim. And happy birthday, yeah, Tim. It was birthday everything. this week. We'll have him back on again. Tim's a, Tim's a good dude. Oh, he's happy a, he's birthday, a really man. Good dude. Yeah, he's partying it up. Yeah. And you were partying it up, too. Out in uh, in Italy, keeping it real, going back to uh, very sexy Italy party. Yeah, back to right before where COVID started. You guys were like right there when it all went down in twenty twenty. We were patient zero. You were patient yeah. zero, and I we went patient back. zero, man. You mixed it. Went back. You were like yeah. those wolves that Who are in knows? Chernobyl. Have you? <laughs> Who knows what we brought back? Yeah, right. Seriously, right. Like whenever that, that thing is, whenever the they're fear. like, oh. You know, whenever you go through like the little uh, like the TSA thing, the metal detector, they're like, oh, you have this. There's the little thing they rub on you. Like, I don't know what that is, but it's like, yeah, that little for explosives. Pad, right? It's like you probably have like you were know. setting off alarms. Actually, they haven't created the alarms yet for the things you brought back. Exactly. I have no idea. It's the new I know where we went. That's true. So I actually had to renew my passport coming back. Really? Yeah, my old one's blown up. That's it. They're like, we're taking it away. No, I'm joking. Oh. <laughs> Can you imagine? They just take your passport. Like, sorry, go get another one. You're too sexy, man. You can't travel. You're too sexy. You're too sexy, man. Get out of here. <laughs> go I'm home. Go home now. I yeah. spit hot fire. Yeah, we're going to hear all about your trip to Italy. Pragelago? How do you say it? Pragelato. Pragelato. Yes. Yeah, everybody knows this is Sistriere. So that's usually... It's Pragelato and right next to Sistria. And it's funny, like on, on a train map, they it's like five towns put together. They just put them all. They list them all. Beautiful. It's just funny. The old country. I love it. Yeah. So we great. are going to hear all about that in the main topic. But for now, thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out. Skibumpodcast.com or on the socials. Instagram, X, Facebook, Untapped, YouTube. You're at Ski Bum Podcast. Burn, got money burning your hole in a pocket? Looking to uh, to support your fa- your favorite podcast over here? You can do so. Patreon.com slash Ski Bum Podcast. Be a patron. Be part of the community. We would love that. You will love your life even more. Please check us out. You got a patriot. Patriot. It's a beautiful thing. You're like being one of the Medici. You're helping support the arts. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Beautiful thing. Also, a big shout out to 10,000, 10,000.cc. Go there. Use the code BSchneider15. You can get 15% off. What is 10,000? 10,000 makes some of the best workout gear on planet Earth. Sadly, it's only for dudes, at least now. Athlete-led design, test, iterate, repeat. Better than yesterday is their motto. And at the heart of 10,000 is the idea of pursuit, business, fitness, life, and skiing. Believe in moving forward with a quiet dedication to constant improvement and to becoming just a wee bit better than they were yesterday. So use the code 
B Schneider 15, B S C H N E I D E R 15 for 15% off. Thank you, 10,000. Mario, without further ado, let's kick this off. It's time for our pray today. Today is always uh, is always nice. It's been uh, I was, I was long few weeks. I tell you, I've been uh, fancy in Italian. Vaca- vacation was great. <laughs> that would have been better, but I did have this one waiting that I've been dying to try. So it is the pseudo Sioux, but it is the peach arene dry hopped pale ale. So peach I guess pseudo Sioux is. Pseudo Sioux was so big of a of a hit. Um, they decided to come out with they came out like four or five different versions of it. This one's actually was was a little hard to get hands on, but um I kind of got lucky in one one of my trips to uh the beer store. So uh nice. they're giving yeah, this a ninety-three. Yeah, ninety-three on beer advocate, which is pretty legit. That's that's pretty solid. Yeah. So they're saying Pours orange with a white head. See how that, that works. Usually what beer looks like. Yeah, yeah, right. And that's what beer, beer looks like. <laughs> it looks like beer. beer. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. Look at that. It's like a beer. Uh let's see. Yeah, it's a little peachy aroma. It's like peach and tangerine, they're saying. Oh. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, pretty pretty delicious. A little bit on the sweeter side. Um, not dank or hoppy. Doesn't not not very hoppy. It's a pale ale, so low IVUs, right? Um, a pale ale or an IPA? It's a pale ale. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So the pseudo Sioux, I believe, is an IPA. The, this yeah, one's a pale is. ale, so it's five point eight. Alcohol, so it's not too bad. I think the other one is like over six or around six. Yeah. Um, it's a New England hazy. So there you go. Very nice. hazy. Got that orangish, nice haze. Um, yeah, it's a it's a good taste. Uh, I could see this. This is crushable. Are you are you agreeing with the ninety three? Are you thinking? I'm agreeing with the ninety three. You don't really taste the peach that much. Okay. Um, uh, a little bit of tangerine. I think once you start drinking it too, like your palate, you know, kind of gets a little over the uh, the fruit and you just taste okay. that beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's good. It's pleasant. Uh, Got a nice, nice hint of fruit, of peach and tangerine, but not a lot. So it's beer. A little hint, you know. Beer with a little, a hint. Hey, how you doing? That's right. <laughs> From the good folks at Toppling Goliath Brewing. Yeah. I believe they're yeah, in where, Iowa. Ohio? Iowa. Yeah, they're somewhere midwest. Decora, Iowa. Decora, okay. I was thinking Decatur. That's Illinois. Decorah. Uh Georgia. Decatur. Decatur. There you go. Isn't there something out there? Right. Iowa? Des Moines? Yeah, Des Moines. Des Moines. That's it. The, got some the, stuff. Uh, got what some is stuff the out in chicken hawks they have out there? <laughs> chicken the oh, like the football the team? Hawkeyes. Yeah. Iowa the chicken Hawkeyes, hawks? yeah. Chicken, chicken hot guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't like Iowa. Sorry. But I'll drink Dude. the beer. Ouch. I think they brew this down here. That's why. What's wrong with Iowa? In Florida. But my old company got bought by a company in Iowa. 
and mm. F them, F Iowa, and F Iowa everything that is in Iowa. Ouch. How about that? Ouch. It's how I feel. I can't take it back. That's it's emotion. It's pure. It's passion. Yeah. It's F you passion. Show us on the doll where they touched you, Mario. <laughs> That's right. Show us on the doll where they touched you. He touched me here. <laughs> like my it was near here. Boom. Your head cut off. Heads are getting you heads think- will roll. Right. Heads they touched roll. my wiener. I should say they touched my wiener. Maybe I would I wouldn't have to work. I just podcast all the time. There you go. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Just skiing and podcasting. Me. All we need to do yeah. is have someone molest us. <laughs> Can you imagine like <laughs> you're accusing like a really attractive woman of molesting you? You've been in yeah. court and people are like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> get out. What it's are like you the, doing? Uh, like the sixteen-year-old, like high school kid, who's like gets bang- gets gets banged by like the hot, like twenty-four-year-old student, like teacher. People are like, like oh, I'm sorry, bro. you better pick a different juror because that kid, that kid's innocent. Yeah, it's like, come on, bro, that girl's innocent. You sucked the life out of me with those big, voluptuous twenty-four-year-old college, <laughs> recent college grad lips. Oh, it was very traumatizing for you. I'm sure yeah. it was. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, hilarious. Yep. <laughs> Crazy stuff. All right. What do you got going? You don't right. have any medicine this year, this week? I am sick again. This has been the oh, most shit. ridiculous winter ever. I can't even, I can't even, I can't even put like, words. Which cough syrup flavor do you have this week? So, so dumb. I can't even You should it. do like one week, like the cherry VIX, then the mint green VIX. You know, like, and I've been like eating, I've been eating relatively good. I've been, I've been drinking a lot less and I thought that was going to help me. And it seems like not drinking is not killing germs. So Depends I think what you drink, right? I think not drinking has been worse for me this winter. I really, really do. So next winter, you're going to have to drink excessively. <laughs> Ipso facto, Just yes. Be hammered. Can you imagine if the doctor said to you, I'm sorry, sir, for the next week, you must get hammered. Maybe not like hammered, but like every night have like, you know, a shot or two of Jaeger to like just kill whatever's whatever's going on. No, imagine a prescription. Like, here's a prescription. Go get some wild turkey. You need like 10 shots a day. Yeah, it's like the uh, the 1910s doctor. Yeah, <laughs> and smoke smoke two cigarettes also. Four out of five doctors prefer lucky strikes. No, this- nowadays you just replace it with weed. You smoke. Yeah. You gotta smoke two dubs a day. The doctor just gives you the the little barrel with the XXX on there. He's like, "Yeah, take two of these every night. You'll be fine." <laughs> That's right. My own personal recipe. Yeah. yeah. So I decided. Well, this is actually two things. So I I, I actually went out. We as a family we went out to dinner today and with one of our neighbors the place we go to always, we always have margaritas because <coughs> the kids were occupying themselves, but a margarita then I had a cane head high after. So I was nice. already feeling pretty good. <coughs> so I had to go and I had to dial it back a bit. I needed to get a little caffeine in my systems. I decided to make myself some tea and not my usual stupid traditional medicinals that I've been drinking last goddamn like four <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> I did an homage to you, Mario, because I got that, was it, orange pico tea? Yeah. And I made a blueberry tea. Which nice. Is something that you made a while back. I thought that was a, a pretty cool drink idea. Yeah, that was Melanie said they made them in Canada all the time. It's a very Canadian uh, apres drink. So yeah. it's uh, like a black tea. It's an like orange pico, which is a black tea. And you mix, <coughs> excuse me, you mix amaretto and Grand Marnier with it. 
So it tastes like blueberry. It really it does smells, taste like blueberry. It smells blueberry. It's it's very weird how it works, but yeah, somehow it is strange. Amaretto yeah. and orange make blueberry. I, I don't know how that math works, but it does. It's just freaking your palate out. That's why. <clears throat> Freaky sneaky, I'm a palate man. Yeah, so I need a little caffeine caffeine from the black tea, a little bit of nice. the the amaretto and the Grand Marnier, and it's a delicious sipping. Like this is to be a great apres ski drink if it was really cold. It's like a hot toddy, like a Jaeger tea. Like a, it lives in that world. Yeah, you can bad. make it lighter too with a little more tea if you feel you know. But it's good with a nice little kick. Or you could rim your cup with some crack if you really wanted to crank it up a bit. Oh, that's even better. I wonder if you could like smoke the crack out of your nose while you're drinking, right? Well, like, I mean, they put the they put the rock salt in the margarita, right? Why not put the crack on a drink? Crack rock salt. Why are we getting crazy? Why why are we limiting our options? You know, you have these burgers like the you know ten thousand dollar burger with gold wrap. Why is there not like a burger with like crack rock in it, right? Crystal meth right on the outside. That's right. That's black tar. And we got a black tar heroin jam to go with it. Damn. It's all legal in Oregon, right? So or not yeah, right. Not illegal. <laughs> you just go to McDonald's and you start tripping balls like, oh yeah, we put magic mushrooms in our burgers. Oh, see, that would be yeah. It's like, oh, you got the uh the mushroom oh. cheddar burger. Didn't anybody explain to you what's in it? <laughs> put the wrong or the right mushrooms in it. That's like uh, I'm sorry, who ordered the <laughs> who ordered that last burger? Because you can be tripping balls now. See? We can do Damn that. It. We can go that route. We can go that route. We can go that route. <coughs> Excuse me, but I think a better route to go. Let's go to ski news. That's why we're all here. Because we love to ski. And skiing is fun. You know what else skiing is? Skiing is a lot of things, especially these days. Skiing is expensive. expensive these days. Yes. yes. <laughs> skiing is expensive. I will tell you more about how expensive skiing is next week when I talk about my trip to Stratton. But for now, <clears throat> the good folks at Loop Loop out in Washington, the state of Washington ski resort, they're offering a lifetime ski pass. Can Loop you believe Loop. that? Loop Loop. Loop Loop. After much discussion and debate, we are super excited. They're going to offer the sale of a very limited number of lifetime passes. These passes are for anyone and everyone and are good as long as there is a Loop Loop Ski Bowl. It's like, hey, we sold a bunch of passes and we're shutting down next week. <laughs> Thank you for your money. We are so sorry, but also not sorry. Loop Loop. It's no secret to anyone in the ski and snowboard community that this winter has been hard on ski areas across the country on a historic level with many areas having never been able to open and spin their chairs at all. Unfortunately, El Nino has taken its toll on Loop Loop as well, and we are in need of help. So that begs the question, why buy a lifetime pass then? The answer yeah. is simple. It's a win-win-win. Win one. By purchasing a lifetime pass now, you are entitled to ski at the Loop for the rest of your life and the life of the Loop. Hmm. The rest of your life and the life of the Loop. Win number two. Well, I guess the question is, would it transfer to the new owner, right? Or can you transfer it to a person if you die? Yeah, see that they probably ended there. Probably not. Yeah, there's no non-transferable. I'm sure. But purchasing a lifetime pass now, you help ensure that there is a loop loop ski bowl for you, your family, and the community. 
to enjoy long into the future. The longer the loop can thrive and survive, the more benefit you will get from the lifetime pass. This is like a Mexican standoff here. Yeah. <laughs> By purchasing a lifetime pass for you or a loved one, one uh, you can inflation-proof you or their skiing for life. Think about it. In the 60s, a brand new car was 3000 bucks. Now the average price is nearly 50000 Skiing, unfortunately, has suffered the same effects of inflation, and it's very likely to continue. With your purchase, you can sidestep inflation and help save a small community ski hill at the same time. That's kind of nice. It just says it's non-transferable, so... Doesn't say anything about, I guess, as long as the ski loop loop ski area is there, it'll be, it should be covered in the honoring of it. Yeah. It sounds like it. And, you know, it's, it's cool because this will give them a nice infusion of cash if they sell, I don't know, like, what would you say? Maybe like a hundred? Is that even possible? Yeah. I don't even know how many they're going to sell. They got 600K right there, which you could use to invest in snowmaking or a lodge or whatever, you know, immediate infrastructure needs they might have. Yeah. Which is great. And, you know, people who are going to be there, if, if they're buying this pass, they're obviously going to be pretty hardcore for the area. And <coughs> Jesus, <coughs> hopefully it's investing in the area. Well, too, yeah, if you're. Um, if you're not paying for your lift ticket because you bought the pass you're probably more likely to spend money cafeteria, you know, yeah. drinks, whatever you're going to do because you, you're not paying for a pass that day. So oh, you stop nice in every you, day after work. Bang out a couple laps. Open. Instead of going yeah. to the gym, just go skate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty cool system and you know, and it benefits the town and the, the ski community too around there, which is great. Yeah. That's great. So it's, it'll be cool to follow this and see how it, how it works out for them. You know, it's kind of like when you, you like a, a ski area goes, like gets investors, like this is a great way to invest kind of like you're buying your lifetime pass and you can go ski there forever. Right. Nice little, uh, nice little opportunity to do that. Yeah. And your, imagine you got it for your family, family of four. I mean, yeah, you got a, a pony of 24 grand. Yeah. Right. But they Except have kids, life. they can go, right? Like they could Except still go life. with their kids. They're they're yeah. never paying. The gift that keeps on giving. And based on their math, showing how in what was it in the sixties a car was three thousand and now a car is fifty thousand, there could be a time when you know you buy it for family of four, that family has kids, those parents, they could be uh buying like season passes for twenty grand. Oh yeah. So it may it may benefit them tremendously in the long run. It's a win-win-win. All right. So next up we have grab your adventure buddies and your favorite snacks and join the much anticipated online premiere of Protect Our Winters Athlete Alliance member Amy Engbertson's new film, The Hypocrite. Engerbretson. Engerbretson. Whew, that's a that's a mouthful name. Huh. Damn. Um, so the hypocrite challenges the notion that athletes are hypocrites because they burn fossil fuels by driving snowmobiles, skiing via a helicopter, and chasing fresh snow around the world, all while advocating for the climate. The film showcases the realization that individual actions are not the core issue and that significant system systemic shifts are needed to shape 
a different future by dismantling the culture of individual blame that leads to guilt. The documentary encourages unity and collaboration among individuals who share a common passion for the outdoors and for the protection of their playgrounds. The film was made possible by collaboration of partnership with POW, uh, Teton Gravity, um, and then uh, a whole bunch of other people, Spider, Atomic, Sierra Nevada, Limit Air Racing. So um, this looks pretty cool. Uh, yeah, and I like to they finally acknowledge the fact that, you know, that because we've been calling that out for years now about the whole yep. hypocrisy of all the stuff that they talk about oh, like well you know man like you shouldn't be doing this and you shouldn't be doing that you're ruining the you're ruining the snow it's like dude the snow sports industry itself <clears throat> is partially to blame if you think about it yeah because it's mean, all about still having <laughs> snow and cold so that they can promote their activities and yeah just, well, just go to any any ski mountain look at how much infrastructure is necessary how much yeah destruction of nature you have to do to build a ski area you got to have your lifts <coughs> you got to have lodges you got to have um you know different huts you have nowadays you gotta make snow you gotta yeah. make snow you gotta have the piping we're not perfect You're all you know from what? the local reservoirs and local streams right yeah and you know and think about like the amount of wax that's gotten into the snow over time I know that's yeah. a whole other issue with the particulates that they use in the in the older waxes that they've um, you know that have, that have been used for decades that they're starting you know finally starting to phase out that get mm. into the water supply the microplastics and realize that you know what if you were such if you really believed in the cause so much you would say I'm not skiing yep. and full stop you know what that's what you do if you really cared that much you just wouldn't ski at all and you'd be like or you would just hike and ski right (laughs) or you just hike and ski and that's what you do you don't use the big lifts that draw a ton of power on runs that are perfectly groomed by all the machinery and like you look at you know that's exactly what they're they're arguing against and it's industry on these ski mountains in in that area that you want to protect yeah and it gets just like Oh yeah, we're um oh well we're we're chasing powder, so we're flying here because the snow yeah. fell, and we're bringing our film crew, and you know it's so you can't ski your local mountain, you have to ski big mountains somewhere else and fly or drive or you know, and that's kind of it, it is a little bit of a hypocrisy. I mean, you want to call other people out, people are going to look at you and be like, well, what are you doing? You know? Yeah, and I, and I'm glad they're just calling themselves out a little bit. And I know I haven't yeah. watched it yet. I've wanted to watch it this week, but haven't had a chance yet. But I'm just glad someone's being a little bit honest finally. Because yeah. again, to ha- to be friggin' talked down to by these people who were like, yeah, you know, I I filmed for TGR and for Warren Miller, and you know, you guys probably shouldn't be doing that. Like, I have an electric car, and I am such a good person. Yeah. It's like, Fuck off. So right. how much fuel did you use with that helicopter in the pristine area yeah. of Alaska that you filmed this? It's like, well, uh, we how only, many animals did you scare? Did well, we, you, only, we only took like 20 trips on the heli. It wasn't that big of a deal. You know, yeah, exactly. We had to get the shot. It's like, just stop We ski this area world. that, you know, a lot of the animals used to hang out uh, by, but we kind of caused an avalanche and killed them all. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, there's stuff like if if you weren't out there the world might a bit might be better who knows right just remember you are the carbon they want to remove 
So mm. do you do you want to like enjoy your existence? I mean, yeah, I'm not saying I want to go and just and pollute, but also if you want to be such a a moral champion on this high horse of yours, stop skiing, dismantle the resorts, and go shut down all of China's new coal plants. If you really care that much, that's what you would do. That would be your yeah. absolute. That would be your mission. But you know what? You're not going to do that. You're going to keep skiing because you just got a new sponsor from Atomic. You know, like these people, like they. Exactly. You got, I got a new wax sponsor. Of course. I'm you got to be honest with yourself. You know, you got to be able to look yourself in the mirror and be completely <clears throat> honest. I bought a terrible gas guzzling vehicle, but you know what? I love it so much. I love my Bronco so much. But you know what? I also only drove like 3,000 miles the first year I had it. So it's not like I was, you know, burning billions of gallons. You could have a Honda Civic drive 50,000 miles a year and still be burning more gas than I was. So we got to be honest with ourselves about this. None of us are perfect. Some of us care more. Some of us care less. That's, that's, that's fine. It all kind of evens out in the end. But like they said, it's the, the bigger, the bigger picture, not just the yeah. little people pointing your finger at someone who's driving a so-and-so vehicle or does this or goes on a trip here. There's a much bigger force that's doing a lot more damage than a few people going skiing. Well, it always kills me when people are like, yeah, you should be more responsive. You should use paper cup and, you know, reuse, um, disposable paper cup and, you know, foam is really bad. And I'm like, so if you use one foam cup a day versus the 15 foam, uh, paper cups that you take, because you never use the same cup when you go get coffee at the break room. Well, there's a lot more going into landfill with you. Yes, it's paper, but like, you got to also look at consumption, right? Like what is, even though you're going to a better alternative, are you still consuming that much out of the environment? Like it, there's a, definitely a trade-off. I know. Didn't Starbucks try to, or they did release a reusable cup recently? They, they put something out. I think maybe we, last we've year. We've had reusable cups since the caveman. Think, bring your own fucking mug. Like, this is what kills me. People are like, yeah, bring Boom. bring a mug or a glass. People are like, oh, no, I'm going to take a plastic cup. Like, oh, okay, you, you could take your own cup that you have. Oh, but then I got to wash it. Okay, so you're going to take this because you don't want to wash it and right in the garbage. And But you're driving an electric vehicle and I'm not. So I'm the asshole. Yeah. Right. But no, like they did something recently, the reusable cup program. But the problem is too, it's like, okay, that's great. But isn't one of Starbucks's things also that they have the app so you can pre-order ahead? How are you going to pre-order ahead if you have to bring your reusable exactly. cup with you? Yeah. And, ha and like you have to grab someone's like disgusting cup. Like what if it's not clean? Like that's not really good for the employees. Like it's... Here we go. So Starbucks customers in the U.S. and Canada can now use clean personal cups for any drink orders in both the drive store and drive through. Hmm. Uh, Maybe they mix it up and then they pour it into your cup when you show up. Well, this shows a picture of a lady. I mean, dude, if you do a pour over, that's I mean, how long would that take, though? Would you sit at the drive through and they would be using the freaking little kettle to like pour over? <laughs> they had the clover going. Your, well, I mean, if I I mean, usually when I go, I get like coffee or maybe a, a a cappuccino not a cappuccino nobody a nobody gets just coffee or tea anymore at starbucks it is like it's basically a shake with a yeah. little coffee in it it's it's crazy yeah um so talking about they're still frowning upon the use of reusable cups due to the spread of illness but that was in 2021 we've moved on past that 
Yeah, this is it's it's. Did we see it? Really we saw it with tricky. the straw. Remember that whole stupid <laughs> straw thing, and everybody had to go to paper. And I was like, I, I get pissed off every time somebody gives me a goddamn paper straw. Just give me or plastic. The best, the best is give me have, straw. The best is the paper straw in the plastic wrap. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you really so solved far. this one. You cracked that um, case. Yep. Good to go. <laughs> Now I get infuriated. I'm like, just don't give me a paper straw. Just don't give me a straw. Just say you don't offer straws to your customers. Mm-hmm. And when people are pissed off, then you deal with it. But you could do that too. Yeah. You drink from, if you have a plastic cup that you're not reusing your cup because your cup is dirty and you're using a brand new fresh plastic cup, why can't you drink from the rim? Yeah. It's clean. <laughs> yeah. All right. So here we go. So if you're in the cafe, when ordering in-house, simply let your barista know as you order that you want to use your own cup. Okay. Hmm. You can also request a reusable ceramic or glass cup in the drive through Let your barista know you're ordering a drink that will go in a personal mug. You will place your mug without its lid into the contactless vessel provided by the barista at the window and your beverage will be returned the same way. Wow. Okay. That sounds like a little futuristic, kind of like that. Yeah. And the app. First thing you do before ordering is to click the customization button and then personal cup button in the customization menu. You will hmm. then complete your order as normal. Upon arriving at the store, the exchange will be the same. You place your lidless mug to the contactless vessel and after your drink is made, it'll be returned to you the same way. Okay. I mean, you're not getting the benefit of the order ahead and it's ready to go. Right. But you can still make it happen, which is, I mean, they obviously had to address that because that's, I mean, yeah. I wonder what percentage of people use the app to order ahead. I mean, I don't go to Starbucks that often anymore, but every time I do, there's always like five drinks sitting there. People pick oh, it up. Oh, yeah. It seems like it's a pretty decent chunk of people, different, decent percentage of people who are using the order See, That always ahead. freaks me out because you order ahead and your drink is sitting there like, I don't know what people put in it. Put fentanyl in it. Or someone like 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 sips it thinking it's theirs or it's someone with the yeah. same name gets your drink. Oh, no, that's not mine. I just put it back. Yeah, I've never had anybody take and... my drink. That's the one good thing. Actually, I don't order anything cute and fancy. I don't order like, a, you know, 37 pumps of caramel goo into my coffee. It's like, oh, this guy's ordering just coffee with a splash of heavy cream. Like, ugh, there's not yeah. enough sugar. You know, there's, uh, there's somebody that just goes to Starbucks like, I'm just going to get whatever's out there and just, just leave. <laughs> that's what I do. Dude, I would not be surprised. Yeah. Grab something and leave. Yep, that's that's mine. I'm, I'm so-and-so. I will tell you the new Starbucks by me, what they do now, which I love because I always like the blonde roast. And a lot of times like they don't brew that after, after 12 o'clock or one o'clock. And occasionally in the afternoon, I want to get a little pick me up. The Starbucks by me now, they don't have like regular brewed coffee. They just have Hmm. a clover, like a a one-off clover. So they just press the button, put the cup there and boom, they start making it. Nice. Phenomenal because then I can get that blonde roast anytime I want. Yeah. And it's fresh. Love that. Fresh cup. Bring my I'll bring my cup. Boom. Yeah. Hit me with those laser beams. How oh, I like it. That's pretty cool. Speaking of how I like it, I'm an icon pass holder. I like A Basin. And Altera has acquired. The popular A Basin Ski Resort in Colorado. Oh my God, I can see people yelling Boom. at their podcast listening device right now. People are- yelling, screaming, writing 
comments on every social site. It's going crazy. Coloradians who love a basin are so pissed off at this up in arms. I can't say that I blame them, but as someone who has an icon pass and who loves a basin, I mean, it's, that's kind of a nice thing, I guess. That's why I you know. That's why you bought your pass. You Part want benefits like that. That's right. Membership has its privileges. That's right. Altera Mountain Company announced, this is an older story, a few weeks ago, so it says Monday, but a few weeks ago that they had entered into an agreement to purchase Arapahoe Basin in Colorado from Canadian real estate firm Dream Unlimited Corp. The transaction is expected to close later in 2024 and is subject to certain closing conditions, including regulatory approvals. Terms of the transaction were not disclosed. More details will be released once the transaction transaction is closed, according to Altera. A-Basin is the big mountain destination. Oh, A-Basin, as it's known locally, is located 68 miles from Denver and has one of the longest ski and snowboard seasons in Colorado, often running through the 4th of July. The resort sits on the continental divide in the Rockies and offers some of North America's highest elevation and most challenging terrain. So now for those who know, they know that it used to be part of the Epic Pass. And that was a few years back. And that was an absolute nightmare because all the Epic Pass holders would go there and they they've got it's it's crazy when you go there. The road that takes you there, like I said, it's the Continental Divide, and it's I guess it's Route Six, and it's a very windy road that goes there. And there's a couple of a couple of spots to park, a couple parking lots, but there's nowhere, there's no like runoff area. Like you're not just going to be like, oh, I'll just go park at the you know lot X. Like there is no, there's like A, B, C, and that's it. Like there's nowhere that's else it. to go because again, it's yeah, a, it's a two lane road on mm-hmm. like. Uh, the continental divide like there's just nowhere else for people to park That's so wild. yeah it's kind of crazy um so they did say that the chief operating officer who's been there with 36 years and has been the steward of the mountains culture will lead will stay on to lead the resort he will oversee daily operations and leadership of future capital improvement plans including expanding parking and snowmaking and they have to build a parking garage underground parking garage a Basin has a long time and loyal hmm. following among skiers and riders in Colorado, and we care deeply about the culture of A Basin that brings them back. They've worked with Altera since 2019 when they joined the Icon Pass community, and they have every faith that Altera is committed to helping to maintain A Basin's authenticity. And that's that's the big thing is that people are afraid of. Because again, when you have these corporate conglomerates, we've all seen the veilification of our of resorts that we love. And yeah. Again, I'm probably a bit of a homer because I, I, I have an Icon Pass and I like the Icon Pass. I feel like they do a little bit less of that than they do with Epic. Because I know Vail, being a publicly traded company, stock symbol MTN, they are all about shareholder return, obviously. Mm. And they, uh, they tend to have a very certain formula for a lot of the things they do. Some things are great, I'm sure. Some things are, are not so much. Not and, so much. Know, Right, a lot of things are not so much. Yeah, but yeah, they're um, so Dream Unlimited, the Canadian company. They have owned A Basin for twenty seven years. Damn, and helped expand it to one thousand four hundred twenty eight acres, replace all the lifts and most buildings, and open two high elevation restaurants. 
Um, in 2018, A Basin pledged to be carbon neutral by 2025, trying to be 100% renewable energy. When it comes to the Icon Pass, there are no changes for the 23-24 season, which I think gets you five or seven days there, depending on the pass. Mm. So yeah, that that's you know that's <laughs> again a that's lot of locals, news, though. a lot of locals, not happy about it. I think other folks who you know maybe not aren't aren't able to skeet all the time, maybe a little bit happier. I wonder how yeah. what what they're going to do with passes next year. You know, again, we haven't gotten all the numbers for the years. It doesn't seem we have as many of the crazy stories and issues as last year. I'm wondering if they're eventually going to have to limit how many times you can go to a specific location. Like, well, that's what certain passes do. Yeah. That's what, what, well, that's, you know, with Icon and Epic, there's, there's certain resorts that they don't own, which I don't know. I think, I think the ones on Epic are all owned by Vale, while Icon, they own a, a chunk of them, but then they have a bunch of partner ones where it's five days for the base and seven. Yeah, like Jackson Hole is like that, right? Jackson, Killington, and you get five on the base, seven on the Unlimited. I think A Basin was like that this year. But mm. the ones that they are part of the, you know, part of the, um, the actual owned by Altera, you know, like Steamboat, Stratton, Sugarbush, like those places, those you get unlimited on. Mm. Now, I'm going to put this out there. I don't know if this is the right thing to do. What if they just jack the price up to like 2000 bucks? That's what they're doing. What does that do? I mean, think about if they jack the price up now. So what they did was they had the passes, right? So a lot of people were going out getting the passes more than they were getting single day tickets. Now they've crept single day tickets up to now, what, 300 bucks? For a single day, so now if they come out and they say we're going to raise that um, that yearly pass another thousand bucks, people are still going to say that's cheaper than going getting single day pass. Dude, that six thousand dollar loop loop season pass or lifetime pass <laughs> looks better yeah. and better every second. Yeah, that's, I mean it seems like yeah. people are just so programmed now to buy these passes. So if they did yeah. jack it up five hundred bucks, people would still pay. I mean, what is it now? Like the full price for like an Epic or an Icon? For Epic, I think it's like 900 or so. But for the Icon, if you get the full one, the Unlimited, I think it's like 1200 Well, the think Icon's about definitely this. definitely more expensive. But again, they have discounts if you buy them. Like if you were to buy it in April, you know, beginning of the year, like you can get it a lot cheaper. Yeah. Um, so if you take a $12,000, right? If you weigh that against a $300 lift ticket price, I make my money up in four, four times I go skiing. Yeah. Right. So now there's the rationale because you're like, if I go even for a week, it's cheaper to buy the pass. They got room to think about a week long of skiing, six days, right? You got another, you could slap on another 900 bucks onto that pass because they, they crept up the, single pass day tickets so people rationalize well it's the same price as five you know or six lift day tickets and i'm looking at it from a positive skier point of view buying one of those spending that much money you're like dude i gotta ski more i gotta, gotta ski more. my purchase i have to ski more this is well, forcing, and the good part is charging you, you more is forcing you on. to ski more it's forcing you to ski more and that's a good thing it is. Well, and you get to the 
you get to the ski ski area and just get on. You don't have to worry about getting a pass or anything like that. You just you're there. Yeah, I know there's different different resorts have different ways of handling that. So again, you know, with my experience at Stratton and at Blue Mountain, those are the two I've used this year on my icon. It's just right to the mountain. You just go, you keep it in your pocket, you scan your RFID, boom, you hop on the lift. Nice. I heard some guy talking about it when I was there. He's like, oh, well, in As- when I was in Aspen, and he said very loudly, he's like, I had to res- make my reservation or I had to go online and, and fill something out so that it would work. Yeah. Which Someone I know cracking. some places, yeah. No, it was in Aspen where I was. Yeah. Wait, yes, where was that? That? Is, that is my Mercedes out there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah so, so they're all a little bit different, but I think all the ones that are owned by Altera, probably unlimited. You, huh. you, it's right to right to the mountain. But I, think oh, Aspen, right but I think Aspen is owned by Altera. That's kind of where it yeah, started. Yeah, I think that's yeah. So, it's Aspen and Vale battling. It's a little weird, but again, they they're all maybe slightly different because it is a newer pass. What's it, three or four years old? So yeah, five. it's Macy's and Gimbals. The, uh, the big man. battle of the. It's uh, right. Battle of the network stars. Wales Conference exactly versus the Campbell Conference. Old school, baby. <laughs> yeah. Old school. Old school, Old school throwdown. Yep. So, I love Aviation. I've only skied there one day, and it was one of the best days. I love that place. It's The terrain is so gnarly. And again, the season is so long. It's just mm. a great, great spot. And, you know, it talks about the culture in there. And I know the people, people who love that place love it for a reason. There's nothing fancy. There's no frills. You're not going there because you want to get your your veil sweatshirt and go hang out at Apre. Like you are there because you love skiing. You love gnarly terrain. You love great terrain. You love like-minded skiers. That's why that place is there. And it is phenomenal for that reason. You go down the road, down to Vail or Breck, not that far away. You definitely get some you get a lot of hardcores there too. But you also get another element mm. that wants to be part of a scene. And A Basin is not a scene. You don't really want to ski. You just got to be seen, right? You bought your sweatshirt. You're going to Apre. You're posting on Instagram. Like there's definitely a large percentage. Maybe not, maybe not large. Maybe I'm being a little bit presumptuous here. There is a significant chunk of people who are there for that. Mm. And to me, I, I loathe those people. Yeah. But I also understand they're necessary, unfortunately. So I'm trying Not to come really. to grips with that. And I don't think they're necessary. I've gone mm-hmm. with people to places that are on the map for being great opera ski. They take a picture and they're ready to go. It's like, yeah, you didn't experience anything, but you're going to post like you freaking killed it and you had a great time. Well, yeah. that's just being a dipshit. Yeah. That's what I think. Unfortunately. I'm not the owner of a restaurant, an apres ski restaurant or bar. I'm loving those people. If I was, <laughs> I would love those people. Of course. And I know they, they are almost necessary, unfortunately, in a lot of yeah. towns. But again, like, come on my, in. You can get a great picture right here. There's a great picture spot. Oh, I would be the same way. Yeah. Uh, but again, I know what I'm about, what I like. I mean, I like, I love apres as much as everybody else. But if you can get me one cold beer next to a dude playing a guitar, I'll be there for half an hour. I have my beer, listen to some tunes, and I'll leave. Like I don't need to take a picture. 
I don't need to make a big deal out of things. Like I just, I want to ski. That's the most important thing to me is I want a place that's got awesome terrain, like-minded people, great snow, and then I'm good. That's it. That's it. I'm a simple man. Simple man. <laughs> so hopefully this goes well for everybody. Yeah, let's look on the positive side. Let's hope for the best, right? There's enough <clears throat> negative stuff in the world. We're going to keep this podcast positive and fun. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and speaking totally of positive do. and fun, <laughs> wrapping up the ski news, Marion, goddamn, you take trips. When you take your trips, you really are taking trips that most people would be like their bucket list trip. Big trips, bucket list Big. trips. I'm going to die someday. I got to make sure I do it now. Big pimp. We're all going to die. We're all dying. We're all going to die someday. Mm-hmm. Let's have fun. Well, again. Let's do our best. Let's see what we can do. I got to yeah. say it was tiring. and It was great. I had a, had a great ass time. All right. So give us the lowdown. Where did you go exactly? So the destination for skiing was Pragelato. Um, I went there just before COVID. So three, four years ago, 21. Same spot no. you went to. Same exact resort, same okay. spot. So right next to Sestrier, which there's a lot of FIS uh, ski um, events there uh, in France. I mean, I'm sorry, in Italy, uh, near Turin. So it's outside of Turin where they had the Olympics. I think they held some of the Olympic stuff uh, around that area. I know they did the cross country. I think they did some stuff at Sestrier. Um, but when Turin's those, not that, that far. When were those Olympics, the Turin ones? Was that... Torino, uh, shit. When was it? Or six, oh, oh eight, maybe? Let's see. It was 2006. Okay, six. Okay. Yeah. Italy 14 was and... Sochi. Yeah. What was 10? 10 was Whistler or Vancouver. Yeah. Ah. And 2026 okay. winter is going to be in Cortina. Yeah which is the Dolomites, but so other side of Italy, essentially. Um, it's closer to Milan then, right? Uh, no, I was closer yeah. to Milan where I was. That's closer to Venice. That's like two hours from Venice. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. So when I did there, we flew into Venice we and go. just took a bus. I think it was two, two and a half hour bus ride. Um, and we flew in and out of Venice. So that was kind of kind of cool. Uh, this is, we flew in. The ideal would be to fly into Milan. Mm-hmm. And then you're probably like, I think it's about an hour and a half car ride or bus ride from there. Um, All right. So where you were, you're closer to the French border. So you're kind of yes. Western, Northwestern Italy. Yeah. While Cortina is Northeastern closer to Austria. Right. Gotcha. And the mountains are a little different shape. I mean, these are the Alps. So it's the same as if you went anywhere in the Alps, you know, very similar terrain. Um, well, I wouldn't say very similar, but like the mountain shapes, you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the way the mountains are, are shaped. Dolomites are a little more jagged. They're a little stranger. Um, but uh, no, this was, had a good time. Uh, getting in there was a little tough. So we did, of course, we were looking for our Polaris opportunities and uh, we did get it, but we wound up so going. For the common folk. What is for the common folk? So... <sighs> I'm very fortunate that my wife did a lot of work for United and blood, sweat and tears, and we could reap the benefits now. But um, so Polaris is what you see on TV. It's a sleeper 
the sleeper beds. So you get in the seat, you put on a little blanket, they give you a little kit, they give you like blanket, they give you like a, a, a bedding tug. that you put on, a uh, rub and tub, it's great. And they give you, you know, of course they serve you, they, you start with like the hand wash thing, towel, and then they give you the menu and like, what do you want to eat? And they give you headphones, like it's it's all hooked up. You got your little personal cubby TV. Um, but yeah, you can recline that seat and it goes down to a bed. You basically right. just sack out. Um, so it's nice. It's definitely nice. But we were looking for number one, where could we get in? And then number two, like, can we get Perlaris? So going there was a little tight. We couldn't get into Milan. So we flew into was fashion Paris. Week? Actually, it was Fashion Week in Paris. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we flew um, Newark to Paris direct. And then we took the train from Paris to Geneva. So we went to Switzerland. So we flew in to France, went to Switzerland. Then we went to Italy. I wish we had the ability to create the graphics to show you guys like how far away that is. Yeah. Like Paris was, is nowhere near where you were going. No. So it was a four and a half hour bullet train to Geneva. From, wow. from Paris, right? We didn't really spend time in Paris because we flew in, we had all our bags and shit. So we just jumped on the bullet train for four, four and a half hours later. We're in Geneva. It was direct. So it stopped a few places, but we didn't have to get off. Got off in Geneva with the hotel and hung out in Geneva for a night, which is kind of nice. Um, and then we met That's our friends one does. the next day. Yeah. Then we met our friends the next day at the Geneva airport and we took a shuttle uh all the way to progelato so so is that where you, if, if you were a normal person and you were booking this flight you would fly to geneva right or would you fly to milan i mean let's say it's kind uh, of milan's closer yeah it looks like it's milan's almost equidistant close. but yeah i mean it's, you know what it is so there is a train the terrain's so probably Paris, trickier obviously because going through the mountains right so um, I was looking and and so Paris was a good option because there's a ton of flights from the U.S. that go to Paris. Just a huge airport, so it's easy to go in. Charles de Gaulle Airport, if you will. Yeah, Charles de Gaulle. And uh, so we took the bullet train. Staying in Geneva was nice. Geneva's Geneva and, and Zurich are pretty nice. I think Zurich's a little bit bigger. I'm not exactly sure. I'm probably talking Queen. shit. Um, but they're both nice airports and ni- nice cities. I mean, it's it's Switzerland. It's like there's not a lot of crime. So expensive. clean. Yeah. You can walk around there. So we walked around and we actually found a, uh, a metal bar <laughs> and my wife walked in and she's like, Hey, you know, we heard you know, heavy metal music. Like, I think it was, uh, shit. What was playing? It was, um, Queens, right. Like Iron Maiden was playing. <laughs> and I'm like, huh, this is interesting. Let's go take in a Geneva. look around. in Geneva. So, we're what we walk in and it's kind of one of those things where you're already in and you're kind of looking around and there wasn't many people around, right? in there. And it's like, you kind of want to turn around and be like, this is a little weird. I got the little weird, you know, Body creep sensor going on. So you're like ready to leave. And then they're like, Hey, how's it going? And, and in English, you know, they say hello. And it's like, wow i'm just kind of looking around and look oh yeah take your time and and then you're in so it's kind of weird like you don't want to just run out so we were like and then i saw their beer selection i was like hey they have all local beers and and other stuff uh so i was like 
let's just get a let's get a drink at least, right? So all we serve is liquid death water. <laughs> <laughs> so and then we're just listening to like different like they had you know a docking playing, and then they had like it was like they had like speed metal like play and it was just weird there's like two people in the place and then we start talking to the bartender weird, you mean awesome yeah weird awesome uh they had all this memorabilia around and i'm sitting there just like scratching my head like what the hell they have like all this american metal music memorabilia in geneva and i'm like this is bizarre so we start talking Rob to halford's spiky loincloth yeah. So we start talking to the bartender. Turns out he's like, Yeah, I'm going to Houston in two weeks for a metal concert, like a metal festival. And he's like, Yeah, I go to the US all the time. I love it. And he, you know, he's naming a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, and he's from he was from there, Belgium. I forgot uh where, but um he spoke perfect English. Of course, he spoke Italian and uh French, like it's just, it's amazing. These people amaze you whenever you go to Europe. You feel like you're just such the stupidest person because I'm like, cultured. I just know English, you know? I know a little Spanish. You hablo espanol. Like it's just, it's bad. These people are fluent, like just fluently switching. Um, But yeah, no, we hung out there. Then we had a nice dinner uh, at a cool local little place. well, speaking and of metal, we, before we before we completely transition away, I, it's funny. Before this podcast started, I had in my head. So there's a "We Are the World" documentary on Netflix right now. I don't know if you've if you've seen it. It's like the making of it. It's actually pretty cool. They did it in one night. All the logistics, cool. craziness of, of creating the song, and for whatever reason, you know, "We Are the World" was such a big hit, and all the stars that were in it. I didn't remember. I remember that as a kid, that song like existing. Then there was all the spinoffs. There was like a Canadian one. It's all these Canadian artists oh, singing the song. Yeah. And yeah. then there was a metal one where all like like you guys mentioned like Dio, Dokken, Wow, Ted Nugent, like Queensryche. It was called. Um, oh my God, it's on the tip of my tongue. But they did their own version of one of those like let's help the Africa help Africa. Yeah. That's pretty um, cool. And the co- song is called We're Stars. And it's not a great song. It's not very deep and complex, but it's been in my head. All- I watched the video this morning. It's like eight minutes <laughs> long. There's tons of great guitar solos. There's like guitar solo faces. Like, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> the guitar phenomenal. solo faces are great. Guitar solo yeah, face yeah. is the best. Um, uh, it's, ah, uh, it's, I, I got to. Awesome. But yeah, so you mentioned, it's so crazy how like somehow the universe brings weird things together Um, and you know it was kind of a little gem like i'm glad we found it like my wife and i were both like you know the beer we had was actually awesome it was local beer like a belgium style but it was like naturally carbonated and you could tell just because the carbonation was a little different when you drink it so i gotta say i was impressed with the beer there it was was pretty nice but uh our band is called hearing aid the hearing apostrophe n aid hearing aid here in eight. Oh, that's funny. Phenomenal. 40 heavy metal musicians released in 1986. <laughs> Boom. Phenomenal. Sorry. Oh, no. So that was good. So that was, and then the next day we went and got to the resort. Now, checking into the resort, I've always loved, you know, the Club Med experience, like having that. Uh, I got to say this time, and this is the second uh-uh. time at the same place, which I uh-uh. never go. It was quite a shit show. Um they just didn't have their stuff together. You could tell they got a new GM and stuff wasn't well orchestrated. Let's put it that way. Did Melanie um, say she wants to see the manager? 
I, I think we were all like, there were different things that were pissing us off. Uh, they didn't have our skis ready. You know, the fucking, the nerve of them. They got Do you know ready, who I am? Do you know who the, the fuck locker. I am? This is what the experience is. This is what you do to set everything up. I was I told my 70 degrees. In my locker. This is 68. This is That's, bullshit. This is bullshit. <laughs> I need to speak to the manager. Do you know who the fuck um, I am? Fuck so, yourself, Celsius. Fahrenheit, fuckers. <laughs> it was kind of shit like that. It was like, yeah, I don't have my fucking skis in my locker. What, what is this bullshit? That my wife doesn't have her boots. What what the hell? So it was a little bit of that. We fixed it all the next day and then we skied. And uh I gotta say the skiing and the guides are all freaking awesome. The the instructor slash guides are they're they're all gems. I mean, they have the life that we all think about having. Like they I was talking to so my guide was Gigi, and then I went with the advanced group and uh he, the dude's living life. He's like, he retired. He was like COO of a, like a, a door and window company. And now he's retired. Cause he worked. He's like, if you work at least 40 years in Italy, you retire, whatever age you're at Just 40 years, you get a certain amount, mm. you know, almost full. And he's like, he's living life. He's, he got a certification to be the instructor. So he does instructing in the winter and he plays golf in the summer and his wife still works and cause she doesn't want to stop working. So he's like, he just got all this free time. I'm like, it's freaking awesome. You know? Um, so we went out and, uh, I gotta say it was fun. We skied a lot of Sistriere the first day, uh, and then went back to the club. And then we, um, there's the one day midweek, which we went all the way to Mungenere in, uh, France. And, um, so you ski out of Italy into France. And the coolest part of this, coolest and freakiest part of this, is you're on the lift from France going into Italy. They actually have Border Patrol cops with binoculars watching everybody getting on the lift because they have people that come into France try to sneak into Italy. So they're watching people crossing the border because in the resort, you're crossing the border. So it's kind of, they actually have people that will take a train to Montgenere. Um, a lot of, a lot of, um, people that come from Africa that are just trying to get to, uh, they're trying to get to Italy because they have better or easier, um, immigration laws. So they try to sneak through France into Italy. So it's just interesting how this stuff happens. So, um, yeah, you're in the middle of skiing and like, you're on the lift and you're like, Hey, that's like a border that's like a real cop like oh yeah look there's like five real cops and they got binoculars they're checking everybody out like the sniper rifle yeah they're looking for the dude with like sneakers and like you know no warm clothes like in a bag like yeah, getting a on certain, certain complexion yeah well that too i mean i don't know there's all sort it's but it's the same thing like they, they're just looking for people that don't look like they want to be skiing yeah. on that lift um <laughs> It was just pretty messed up, but, uh, yeah. but very cool. Uh, the skiing there was pretty good. So when we went, it was, it was like spring type conditions. It was getting into the, I gotta say up to like 40 during the day. Okay. Um, but it would get down, it would go down to like 20, 20 something, like it below freezing, like 30 degrees at night. Uh, so it was, you know, hard freeze. It would soften in the day and then you get like, it would get kind of nice. Um, but the snow, I think, was better on the when we were in Montgenere. Once we got there, the snow was really good. And then different parts of the mountain, like it really, really had a difference. And that's why it was good going with these guides. They um 
they know they're like, no, that's not going to be good. It's, it's, uh, it's in the sun. You got to hit it early or you go later and, and kind of, you talk to them and navigate you around. Um, the group I was with was pretty funny. Uh, there was, uh, three Ukrainian guys. One guy is a professional tennis player, um, who is ranked. He's, he's actually pretty good up there. Uh, he wouldn't ski anything, any black diamonds. He's like, no, no, I can't, I can't. So I don't know if there was something in his contract or he's just afraid uh, of messing himself up. Um, yeah. but he wouldn't ski. So he'd go a different way sometimes and we'd just go and, and bomb whatever we wanted. But, uh, the guy, uh, our guy, Gigi was, was pretty good. He was like, He's like, oh, let's go over here. Let's go over there. Like, nice guy, and just kind of showing us around. And so, how does so? so like, I know. So, part of the whole club med experience is that you do get these guides included, which is really yeah. cool. Do they have a itinerary planned for the week? Is it like, okay, we're gonna go here one day, here the next day, here this day, or is it kind of more? Okay, I looked at the weather, looked at the terrain reports. This area is looking good. We're gonna go here today. So it's a little both, right? If uh, what they do is they all get, they have actual meetings in the morning and in the afternoon when they get back. Um, And they talk about, they do talk about their groups. If people should be pushed out of their group to a higher group or to a lower group. Um, The kids program is a whole separate thing. They actually have, they take kids and they evaluate them and they say, no, your kid. And they'll talk, they have parent conferences at night with the kids. And they're like, your kid is doing good on the blues. Uh, they're able to ski reds and we took them on some reds today. And then, you know, they're able to ski on blacks and they actually, I mean, these are trained, highly trained people that, you know, it's not like the dude that was there at the ski resort that just took lessons. Like it literally takes like three years to become, um, a ski school guy or girl. Um, so they know there's a lot of skiing, a lot of technique. Um, a a ton of like learning on how to teach, right? Like they actually have a whole system in a program. Um, but it's really cool. Like they actually give the kids report cards, like here's how they skied, like, and they give a report to the parents. So it's kind of cool. You go on a trip with your kids, the kids go into their lessons and then you go with your, you know, guide slash teacher instructor, and they'll teach you stuff. If you're at a lower level, if you're at, you know, the advanced level, you just kind of as a guide, you know, Hey, let's go over here. Let's go over there. And then what they'll do is they'll plan out. Um, this wasn't, uh, I've been to some club meds where you kind of come back to the same place all the time. This one is like, no, you're going to be too far. We're going to, so they would plan out where we would have lunch and what time. And I guess there'd be a bunch of groups from club med that would take over like a good portion of that, um, these places on the mountain they have tons of them. I mean, it's Europe. So they got all these cool Italian places on the mountain. Uh, so yeah, we go and then they, they, you know, they pay for everything. You know, it's part of your club med thing. So they have a, like an account, but it's funny. Like the account, they more have champagne, like more everything, dude, they seriously have champagne. So you start out, you get there. They always have like a cocktail and this is also Italy, the way they do it. Yeah. Either Aperol spritz or champagne. And you sit down and they had, you know, kind of like a fixed menu for club med. They, that's what, just what they do to kind of, I guess, have service that many people. Oh yeah. It's like a wedding. Right. And they include beer and wine. Um, and then they always have, they always grab a bottle of Genepi, which is like a mountain flower that they, um, ferment. And Mm. then they distill it out and they drink it and it's called this genopy. And it's, it's almost like a juniper berry 
but it's not juniper. Um, but it grows like up in the high part of the mountain. So there's a certain altitude that it grows out. So they harvest it and they, and they ferment them and they make this genopy. So it's kind of like they nice. run out too. So it's, it's funny. You're like, so where did this come from? Like, oh, this is made in this local region. Like it's not mass produced. So you kind of have to find it. It's a little bit seasonal and they'll run out and, but they always get a bottle. It's usually genopy. And there you go. We're doing shots before going out skiing again. So nice. it's kind of just what you do. That's their oh, formula. Part of their culture. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of nice, but yeah, we skied everywhere. I mean, we did, um, Sistriere, we went through. So after we did Montgenere coming back, um, it's such a long traverse to get over there. It took about an hour, hour and a half to get over there. Um, you know, ski lift, ski lift, ski lift. And then you get over there, ski around there. And then we had lunch and then, uh, skied back to Clavier, which is another city there, another little town that you kind of ski in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we took a, a shuttle bus from there. So they had shuttles waiting for us and they brought oh, okay. us back to the resort. So it was kind of cool. Really it's cool. like, yeah. Cause you know, as you, you, you crest up, they did out, lunch was always like two hours and then you ski for about another hour and a half. And then they were like, we're not going to ski all the way back. We're going to enjoy ourselves skiing and then we'll get picked up by the bus. I was like, sounds good to me. That's handy. Yeah. So that's, what's great about them planning all this shit. Like you don't have to look at a map. You have to plan anything. If you want to go to a specific place, you just say, Hey, what's the chance we can go to a, a place like this? Or, you know, if you know the area, like, are we going to ski that? And they'll be like, yeah, we'll probably get there tomorrow. Or we can go there today. Maybe let's, let's see how it goes. You know, um, these people know the mountains so well. They're like, yeah, we don't want to go there. It's probably not going to be good today. And then they talk to each other like all day on the mountain. They're talking to each other. So it's kind of, kind of nice. I got to say it's, it's really, it's very unique. Uh, all the instructors are cool. So I skied with my group, um, for like four days. And then the last day we were leaving early. We left a day early and usually they only do five days of lessons or guide well for five for the first five days and the sixth day is always on your own so you can ski with your family and stuff or whoever you came with because a lot of times everybody's skiing in different different groups and then you're just meeting up at night based on so, the different levels you're at yeah right but then it's kind of nice that way because everybody meets different friends and then you hang out at night it's just, it's it's very i thought it was going to be really bad and it was actually kind of really cool hmm. um and the good part about this trip is about day two, my wife started saying, you know, I'm getting a little more confidence and I, I feel a lot more, a lot, lot more comfortable skiing. She's mm-hmm. like, I'm liking a lot more. I want to ski more. And I was like, all right, I, I like go. that. You, and I well, remember now that said, that yeah. said, if you're following us on Instagram, her instructor was, yes. was not, was not a homely man. Was he? <laughs> So, so <laughs> Mateo, um, uh, so she tells me about Mateo and I was like talking, I was like, well, you know, she's like, I want to ski with you. She said, she's like, I want to ski with you. Let's just go. We'll ski around a little. I was like, yeah, I like to ski with you too. She's like, but I don't want to leave my group. Like, it's kind of like you kind of develop little friendships with the people on there. So I was like, why don't I go with your group the last day? She's like, yeah, that'd be good. I'll ask him if it's okay. So she asked, he's sure. Yeah, sure. Cause <laughs> it's good for them because she was in a lower group where it was good that I was kind of there to help maybe watch some people, but he had his work cut out for him. He had Mm -hmm. people that were, should not have been in that group 
but they wanted to ski with their friends. So they kind of jumped in the group and they wouldn't leave. And he was like kind of kicking people out and then they would come back. And then it was like, but he was skiing down with some people, like having to help them ski, come down. Like oh, Jesus Christ. And it, it just held up the whole group. And I was like, I told my wife, I'm like, you're That's the worst. You're way beyond that. Like it's, it's tough. So, um, it was, there, there was a very big group that she was with from Brazil and they're very close knit like culture. So they're like, they were just a lot of them like coming together and hanging out. So it was kind of, yeah, that's just what it was, but it was, uh, it was kind of funny. Like every time we would stop and take pictures, like they were all like posing, like doing their hair. And I was like, we got like a fashion suit going here. <laughs> this is funny. But yeah, Mateo was not an ugly guy. He's, uh, and he was a nice guy, like talking to him. He was like a regular guy, but, uh, speaks like five languages comes from a construction background. He's got a twin brother. I'm like, really? I'm like, yeah, that's pretty fucked up. That dude's got it all under control right there. So, Must, uh, yeah. Hey, waste management construction. Hey, that's what, uh, my wife didn't miss a, uh, a lesson. She's like, I got to be there. I got to get up early. Cause we got to meet Mateo. I'm like, I'm sure you do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> a little miss on time. Yeah. Right. So, but yeah, no, it was a good time. And it was kind of, it brought me back to when, when I started skiing, everybody remembers like, you know, when you started, but it's easy to forget, like when you started getting that feeling like, oh man, I want to go more and more and more. Right. Like you, you start getting past the frustration of skiing and you start getting into the, holy crap, there's a lot of fun. Let's, let's roll. I want to, I want to ski as much as I can. I can kind of see that in my wife. Crushed cross that threshold that's like the best yeah and then it's almost like a drug you're like i I gotta find a way to ski more you know how do i ski faster how do i do this run how do i get to that yeah right and then you start pushing yourself i want to do better i want to do i want to do that kind of uh terrain i want to do moguls i want to you know you start pushing and pushing so she i could see the glimmer of her starting to get it and i was like oh this is good especially with my wife that means more ski trips hopefully yeah so I was excited. I was really happy to see her get to that point. Um, Cause it also meant that she's, she's getting more confident on, on skis, you know? Um, and it's, it's funny, you know, when, when she got into that zone, she's like actually able to talk to me about skiing and not be like, Oh, uh, you don't know what you're talking about. You know? So she's like uh, looking at your din settings. She's like, yeah, yeah you, should, you should probably go to a higher din. It's going to help you out. And uh... <laughs> yeah. It was, what happened to you? What a, you get more you in your skis. I don't think these are the right ones for you. Yeah. So I rented skis and boots this time. You rented uh, boots? I didn't feel like bringing my boots. Now, my boots I've been having the last time I used them on a trip, I uh, started getting a little pain, pain points. So I don't know if I have to take them to get them freshened up. My boot liners are probably pretty old, right? They're about 10, 11 years old now. So they're probably almost at end of life. So I started thinking about it. Rip off of your boot liner. They did not. (laughs) Did yours? It did. Wow. Look at that. Luckily it happened as I was taking my boot off after skiing. Wow. What I did was I put in my original liners. Okay. The ones from Lang and they're not nearly as packed out as Mm. the surefoot ones in. And I will tell you, I was in so much pain. So I had rental boots and they were Rossies. They're nice. They were, they were really, 
I got to say they were, they're okay. I started getting a little pain, a little rubbing, not pain around my, uh, big bulbous ankle that they had to blow out of the other boot. So of course I figured that's what, what it was going to be, yeah. uh, that. And because I didn't have my, uh, insoles, which I probably should have brought just the, the base insole. Yeah. The insole. Yeah. The it raises your arch. And I did notice with my arch, not, you know, with that arch support, not in there, it flattened my foot a little mm. and I was feeling the outer toes. I was feeling them kind of right. six, the sixth toe. Yeah. Getting, getting kind of smushed a little. It wasn't too bad. Otherwise I would have probably done something about it, but it was just kind of annoying. And I was like, you know, this is, this is the art support I don't have. It's, it's pretty funny. They tell you about it. You're like, ah, that's all a bunch of bullshit. No, and I was like, it's so rude. now I got, I was like, yeah, without it. Now I notice it. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm i uh, I'm planning on doing all new boots this end yeah. of this like starting next season okay so we, we know some people out in reno that'll hook us up we, we gotta, gotta figure out fitting. we gotta figure out how to do this the right way to get or it meet like, them the up right in place. boston and do the fitting up there i wonder if they would do that i mean they're not gonna have all their gear with them but i wonder if there's something we can do with them where we can do like a recording maybe like a live youtube thing live demonstration them. live like because I know they did the demo last the year before at Snowbound, but it was kind of yeah. like a stage demo, like a real. Here's our real gnarly demo. ass feet. Like, let's get some boots. Like, yes, because obviously they have connections. They can be like, okay, we're working with these three or four brands. We can get you yeah. to these boots. Because again, yeah. you can't. You're not allowed to like a boot. The boot, it's Harry Potter. You know, you don't find the boot. The boot finds you. That's right. So, that's right. So but was, yeah, so I was looking at new gear coming out. The new Lang version, the ones that I have, they just released this week or last week. Yeah, I was looking at. There's a pair of the K2, the uh, the Mind Benders, which, based on the reviews, seem like exactly what I want in a boot. Like eighty percent hmm. resort, twenty percent backside country. I'm like, if They're I can get myself into a pair of those, they are actually Boas. Which, See, everything's Boa, but they don't have that sweet. Um, was the intuition liner that the fishers have so we'll mm. see what fishers 2024 lineup looks like but yeah, yeah i need to get in the new boots next season big time yeah i mean the renting wasn't bad i tell you what it was better than getting annoyed or frustrated with my own boots i know they would have been good but it also takes up a lot of space in the luggage i brought mm. like an i bought one less piece of luggage so it was kind of it's kind of nice in that respect but if there's um, one you got to bring i mean boots is yeah yeah, usually I, I would. I was like, yeah, let me just roll the dice because my wife had a good experience the last few years and I looked at the stuff and their stuff was pretty good. So, what did you um, have, uh, ski wise? Uh, Rosie's also. So, it was all Rosie's set. Um, Which one's experience? I don't exactly know. I took a, Come a on, picture man. of them. Come on, yeah. man. I didn't really care. I was like, I'm just going to beat whatever I have up and <laughs> just does it really matter? When I shred them, I'm going to bring them back and you give me a new one, right? So that's all I did needed. Yeah, and the same ones every day? Uh, yeah, I did. The terrain wasn't fantastic. Like, that's the other thing. I wasn't really jazzed uh, about switching skis because mm. it was all um, on-piste. Uh, snow, like I said, was good, but it was all tracked out and um, yeah. on-piste. So it wasn't it wasn't like we were going off-trail or anything. Um backcountry so okay uh, not not a lot of powder so it was good let's see oh yeah are these them no those aren't them 
Or are they? No, I don't think these are them. I take pictures of random skis sometimes. Why take pictures of my ski, man? Is it the Black Ops? That's right. But yeah, they were just uh, some rosin. They weren't carving skis. They were just... um, they, yeah, they weren't they weren't high performance carving, which are fun to get if you get them. Um, they were just normal, you know. They were right. They were skis. Just two of them. Skis, <laughs> huh? <Are> yours? <laughs> That's right. Both of them. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was the trip there. Uh, food was great. Um, I gotta say that was better than France. France, the food was very French. I don't know. Mm. Uh, this was very Italian. It's very good. Okay, um, nice. There were a shit ton of kids there, which I was surprised. Uh kind of avoided all the kids running around um in the main area, but they had like some nice little private quieter areas where you could just sit and drink and have a nice little adult conversation, some adult beverages. Um very nice. But it was cool. Did the spa there, did a massage. Uh it was okay. Fell asleep like normal. Uh <laughs> after three days of skiing. <laughs> um but it's good it's nice and swanky um very relaxing uh didn't stay up late a lot i gotta say in my older years i've i've changed to hey let me get really good ski really good sleep and then ski again tomorrow really refreshed it actually worked out pretty good so grows up uh, man You're growing up <laughs> growing up boys growing up <clears throat> yeah. uh yeah so that was it i mean it was good skiing it was it was good to see you know the instructors are great. I got to say it was, it was top notch, had a few hiccups, you know, checking in, but after that was done, uh, they even had like an app where you could tell them you need more towels or water in the room and you just do it on the app and like you get back to your room and it's there. So it was kind of cool. Whoa. Very nice. Um, and then coming back, we, uh, we had another planes, trains, automobiles where I looked at the flights and I looked at the trains and I'm like, you know, we can go to London and we can get a Polaris flight back home. So my wife was looking into that and I was looking into other stuff. So we wound up taking a shuttle to Milan, then taking a flight, British Airways, from Milan to Heathrow, stayed at Heathrow and stayed overnight, went, took the tube into um, Hyde Park, walked around, saw the castle, saw... Like all the Big Ben Parliament, took so the all tube. that. Took the tube, tube. Um, so yeah, we did that, and then uh, and then flew Damn. back from from London. So it was kind of so I was in France, Switzerland, Italy, London, and then U.S. All over international in European vacation, right there. So if I didn't get some kind of COVID or sickness on that way, like I don't know. I didn't feel yeah. great for like a week, but I think I was just run down. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you have the right to feel run down because that's a pretty, yeah, it's pretty hardcore adventure. It was a lot of fun. It was definitely an adventure. It was great. Like, you know, my wife and I finally got a little time to shut down, but it, we did step back and say, yeah, we didn't really relax. Like, you know, ski vacation, you know, we, we talked about this, you love it and, and you do have fun and it's great and you feel exhilarated, but 
you're not really relaxing. You're working out every day, you know? The rub is, yeah, you're definitely, it's definitely not a relaxing trip. You need a trip yeah. from your trip. I'm telling you, one of my dream vacations is to just do like a week ski trip somewhere amazing and then just a week on the beach. Yeah. Imagine going to the Caribbean right after. No, fuck the cruise. There's got to deal with the people on the cruise. Yeah, that's true. Just drop so we, you on a beach somewhere. We just booked a Virgin cruise. Very short. Oh uh, so Melly's never done one, but Virgin is um, 21 and up. There's no kids. Like, okay. it's adults drinking. Hedonism, baby. That's it. Uh, no hedonism. There's no funky. The wild women, the wild, wild women. <laughs> There's no the wild women. <laughs> um, but it's kind of like a, a short trip. It's going to go to Key West and Bimini Bay and then come back. So. Oh, that's cool, actually. We'll see. It'll be a chance for me to sleep and veg and drink and eat and do nothing. The ripping and the tearing. Ripping and the tearing. Wild women. Wild women. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know who Hedo Rick is, game on you. Oh, we've talked about him many times. That guy. Hedo Rick. Yeah. Do they have a Hedo coin? Hedo Rick coin? Oh, that's a good. They do, right? His own they, they, they must at this point. They only sold, only used the hedonism. Hedo coin, yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> this can also be used for gonorrhea ointment. Gonorrhea. <laughs> Isn't that what it's made of? Pretty much, yeah. The gift that keeps on giving. Oh, yeah. So it sounds like you had a pretty epic trip. Would I be correct? Was, in- you know, it would have been more... It would have been truly epic if the snow was good. Like that was the frustrating thing. And that was the sad thing. You know, we were just talking, we talked about that, uh, protect our winners and the idea of, you know, calling people out for, for kind of being, you know, a little bit, I guess, blindsided by what they're doing and not looking at what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, um, that town in the industry in that local area. And, and this is where like the difference of, of like Europe and the U S like U S is big business. Like in Europe, this is, it's the local town. This is what they do. Like yeah, it's industry, but like the skiing developed because people were living here and these are cool mountains and they, you know, it's not like they just said, Hey, let's plop a big, you know, ski resort right here. Uh, you know, these towns are a few hundred years old, just been here. And then they said, Hey, you know, we could put a lift and start skiing. So, um, seeing those people suffer, um, you know, it, it is Europe. So it is a little socialized. So they're not like, you know, hurt as bad. The, the metal guy we talked to in, um, uh, whatchamacallit in, um, Geneva, he was saying that they didn't work during COVID and he's a business owner. So he's like, what they did was they paid him. He's like, this is the difference in Europe versus the U S right. U S people got screwed around like businesses and stuff. He's like, they had, I think they got 80% of their salaries paid. Then as a business owner, they covered his rent and almost all the utilities. So it was basically like a vacation for them. He's like, everybody was on vacation. He's like, it was great. Like you, you didn't have anything to do and people weren't hurting for money. So they're like, yeah, what are we going to do? Let's go just go hang out. Like he said, it was just, it was very strange, but he said they loved it for like a year and a half. They were just doing nothing. <laughs> I was like, Holy that sounds shit. awesome. I'm like, so I'm trying to think like, so who's paying your bills? Like, oh, yeah, the someone's got to pay for that. 
Oh, the government was paying him and just writing that shit off. They're Switzerland, right? So oh, that's it was Switzerland. Just, yeah. It was just kind of funny. He's like, Yeah, so you would do he's like, Yeah, I still did some work like delivering food and that's about it. Cause he had, you know, he has the business and the restaurant, you know, get food out of there. So it was just kind of funny how he was like, Yeah, this was great. It was the best time I ever had. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I'm rooting for another pandemic. Yeah. So like you got fully funded pandemic, man. Oh my God. But yeah, the local area there was, uh, they were beat up pretty bad. I mean, so when we skied over from Italy into France, we had to go through the lower valley, which was near um, um, Saint uh, Cheval was another thing. And then um, Clavier, which was that, that town. So Clavier is where, like, they're a little bit lower elevation. And it really, it really, you could see the difference in. You know, they, they had where we were getting on a lift, they had just a little path of snow and they brought it in on a truck. Like that's how warm it had gotten in that area. So anywhere that got like full sun and some of these valleys, they really just baked off all their snow. And then in the higher parts, they still had snow and it was, it was pretty decent, but it was all stuff. You didn't have any like new snow while you were there? No, they got snow the week before we went. And luckily they got like two feet of snow. Oh wow! Uh, the week before we were there. So that was good because then it got warm after that and it started melting a lot of mm-hmm. snow. So it was kind of the week after we were there, I would say is, was starting to get dicey. And they were saying, if we don't get snow, like in the next few weeks, we, they're going to start closing some of the, uh, the areas down. So it was, it was surprising to see. I mean, it's the Alps. Usually they get, pretty good snow but yeah. uh this year was weird and you booked this year. trip was it was it august or july i booked this in you booked this really early it was like june or july because what they do is they run so they start running and we met this this couple from the uk and they were there with their kids and we were talking to them and they were saying that they were going to book like right after the trip because what they do is during the winter, they start booking at like 70% off for like next year, right? Whoa. And they do it because they're limited on when they can go when the kids are out of school, mm-hmm. right? So they go during those holiday times and they, they book something. Um, so I told them, I said, no, I'll probably wait till like, you know, the summer because they run like a 50% off and whatever. And like, yeah, the, like that would work, but we got to try to get in on these times that are very busy for, you know, the European tourists that come in. So... Um, it was interesting to see, but they, uh, Club Meadow just opened another, um, another resort in Japan and that's kind of what I'm looking at for next year. So we'll see. Oh, Japan. I think they have three in Japan and they got like three or four in China, which I would not go to. Um, Mm. then one in Italy, one in Switzerland, and then all the rest are in France. So. Okay. So they're kind of French based, but they have Japan. Very nice. So, so how would we'll you see. rank this among your other club med trips? I like this place a lot. That's why we went back again. So I would say in terms of the skiing terrain and the area, the that little ambiance, I would say this is the number one uh, for okay. a town for like seeing a local area and stuff, I would say Samaritz was pretty baller because you could walk across the ice right into the town. 
Uh, Valtorans was good because you could see that little town. So I'd say that was two and three, right? Um, Valtorans, definitely better terrain. I mean, you got Valtorans and Mirabel, and then if you can't make it over to Korshaval, so that's, it's, it's just a good ski area. So I would probably say, I guess out of the ones I went to, I'd say Valtorans is probably number one. This one is definitely number two. Um, and then what were the other ones I was at? It was this one twice, Valtorans, and then, uh, yeah, Samaritz, and then Samaritz. Okay. Following up at number three. Close number. That was the home of the $40 um, old fashioned. Nice. Yeah. 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 Yep. That was that trip. Live and learn, right? <laughs> yeah. The only thing about Progelato, it was good. Like, like I went with my wife and it was nice to shut off and just be with her and just not have friends and just make, you know, you meet new people and it was kind of cool, but uh, it was pretty much her and I, and, you know, we, we went with another couple and it was cool hanging with them and then they had to leave early, but um, it was, it's more of a place for that. Like you want to just get away like Progelato cause it's quieter. There's no real city around. You got to go over to Sistrier, uh, which is like a 15 minute cab ride. Um, but usually you just kind of hang out in the resort and just, you know, shut down. It's a very peaceful, quiet place. Uh, Valtoran's definitely a lot more activity going. Samaritz also. So, um, very interesting. Very cool. Nice. All right. Well, it sounds like it was a pretty epic trip. And if anybody hasn't gone and is thinking about it, try to get to Europe. It's a different experience. Mm -hmm. Go to the birthplace of skiing. See what it's really supposed to be like. Brian, I still got to go back to Zermatt. That's still on my list for going back. Me and Andrew were talking about that. Yeah. Such a nice trip. That was the best. Rent a a chateau for two weeks. Yeah. Just that, that whole town is nice. Everything's nice about that place. Oh, it's, the, it's the best. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we will have links in the show notes if you want more information. So, Mario, thank you for the epic review. Glad you had a great time. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want more information, check us out, skibonpodcast.com. We're on the socials, Instagram, X, Facebook, Untapped, YouTube, at Skibon Podcast. Gonna be part of the program. You want to sponsor the show? Patreon.com slash ski bump podcast. Go there. We got different tiers, different levels. We would really appreciate that. Need some gear, need to work out, and get in better shape so you can do more skiing. 10,000.cc. Go there. Use the code BSchneider15 for 15% off. Send us an email, ski bump podcast at gmail.com. That's everything. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay fluting. See ya.